this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Byron, that's fantastic. Um, why don't we just stay standing for a second? Come, Lord. We come out of this place to meet with you. come to this place to shake off what the world has been doing to us and recover to be restored to be refreshed in your presence we feel safe so we open our heart Welcome your presence. Come, Lord. We have prayers on the altar that need to be answered. Lord, we have desires that we need clarity and direction for we have situations that we need wisdom for come Lord help us by renewing us with a heavenly vision strengthen us with courage Align us with your divine purpose and will. Help us to stretch out past the constraints and the limitations that we feel. Release us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy, holy is your name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, as we sit in your presence, we pray you would heal those have got problems with their health wrestling with mortality refresh those that are wrestling with some level of torment 
give them peace in their mind. Thank you, Jesus. And quicken those who are still inquiring after you but haven't found you yet. Thank you, Jesus. We drink from the the well of life. We drink from your presence, Lord. Holy God. Holy God. Thank you for visions. Thank you for dreams. Thank you for the whisper of your voice. Thank you for the leading of your spirit. Wonderful Jesus. Thank you so much for your attendance this morning, for the privilege. You guys have done great. John O, I'm really envious of you here. Um, I used to have hair. My wife was saying my hair grows so quickly. She was talking about herself, of course, um, not me. Well, this is probably, you know, the most amazing time in history to be alive, really. It must have been very confusing when Jesus was walking the earth in amongst the Jewish culture of the day and they were looking for leaders, they were looking for people that would lead them out of oppression. And Jesus was announcing a different kingdom. He was bringing a kingdom that was in contrast to everything that was happening in the world that they knew it. He was opening up a fountain of life. And I feel sometimes that in this situation, the one that we're in today, it's sort of like there's a lot of narrative out there. There's a lot of promises that are being made that are unable to be fulfilled by the people that are making them. And it's frustrating Because people are trying to do life and they're trying to be flexible enough to respond to the challenge of the circumstances that they're living in. And there's this cry coming up from the hearts of millions of people. Who am I? What am I here for? They're looking for a sense of identity and some people have weaponized that and tried to take it in another direction. And so we're seeing literally a level of spiritual warfare 
that is uh, destructive, but also preparative for the body of Christ. And so you, you've been chosen to be alive in this generation. That means God's going to make a grace available to you for dealing with the challenges that you have today. You may not feel ready for it. You may not feel competent to deal with it. You may not even feel like you want to get engaged in it. But can I just suggest to you that God's got a plan for empowering his people today. And it began a long time ago and he's not going to give up on it now. It's a plan for blessing, a plan for good, not for evil. But it requires people of courage and it requires a an alignment with him that is both magnificent and scary at the same time. Um, I was thinking, as just as I come up this, this morning, uh, Linda and I have just been back and, uh, in New Zealand. We had to uh, help my mum transition. She's just transitioned over the last couple of years from her home into uh, a residential care facility. Uh, she had to do it because she had a fall. She didn't want to do it. But uh, medical protocol says that you can't be in your home on your own if you can't function in a, in a way. And so against her will, she had to move into care. And then uh, as a result of that, she had to let go of her home that uh, my dad and her had lived in from... oh. 1955, and they were the only that was new when they moved into it, and this is the first time it's ever been on for sale. So for her, as a Christian, it's still a big shift in her worldview, massive shift. She feels like her world is shrinking. She feels like she's not in control of the things that are going on. But in actual fact, if she locates herself in the relationship that she has, has with Jesus, she's going to feel very peaceful, as Byron was saying. She's going to feel rest. She'll feel loved. She won't have a physical expression of that other than through her own kids and friends and family and those who love her and pray for her. And that's pretty much what we get left with. We get left with this deep and abiding commitment by Christ to love us, to secure us in this life outside of all of the circumstances and everything else that's going on. And it's really challenging to shift your head to that place. And uh, God graciously doesn't confront you with it in one big go. You know, it's not like, Okay, now you're going to let go of everything that you've ever known in your whole life before, and now you're going to just be left trusting me. And the reason he doesn't do that is because we grow in our relationship with him. We go, listen to me, we grow from glory to glory. From glory to glory. Um, 
how do we process that? Well, we're very fortunate because we've got a God who understands our needs. It's like, wow, you've thought of everything, God. (laughs) Turn to somebody and say, he's thought about you. (laughs) He knows how weird you are and how your foibles and, you know, your little things that you do. You can imagine Martin, he's got 70 years of things that he does. (laughs) Places where his brain goes to so that he can handle the changes that take place. We've all got little things that we do to recalibrate, to sort of keep ourselves sane or, you know, in Justin's case, almost sane. Uh, But in Jono's case, definitely not sane. But in some way, manage the emotional demand of growing up in Christ. It's fabulous. It's amazing. We have kids, we get married, we think like, oh, the love of my life, oh, the bane of my life, oh, the pain in my neck, oh, you know. And then we go, oh, the love of my life again. We go through the whole process of developing and growing in relationships, raising kids, then them raising us, then coming to a mutual understanding where they leave and you stay, sort of. And then they come back, and apparently they still think that the refrigerator is theirs. Certainly the beer part of the refrigerator is. I've found that out. So how do you adjust? How do you locate yourself? Well, there's a heads up given in the scripture that will help each and every one of us if we listen to what he's saying. And we do need to listen to what he's saying and not just to the voice of our own complaint. Every one of us have got a wish list that we wish would happen. Whether it's good for us or not, we're not sure about yet. God's got a wish list for each of us that would help us track well through the day in which we're living in. At the moment, the Christian church worldwide is experiencing a call, what I would call a call to chapel. A call to chapel. Not massive, big stadium meetings and everything like that, but locating ourselves in the presence of God for an impartation of his power. So worship and prayer has become high on the agenda of every heart. Every heart. You may not have been able to make the prayer meetings or the, you may not have been able to feel released into the worship encounter. But you can feel it in your heart. There's a drawing by the Holy Spirit. Come and be with me. Come up and worship me. Hang out where I am. And the purpose of that is not for you to work harder. The purpose of that is for you to drink deeply from the fountain of living water to experience him to affirm what he said to you in the past 
to discover that you're a little bit more mature than you thought you were and that you've actually grown as a follower of Christ. Good news for some of us, we're not complete idiots. That's got to be a high five for somebody. You know, and sometimes it's just really nice to know I was hearing what he was saying and I wasn't disobedient. And in the midst of that, there is this urge. We haven't figured out how to interpret it yet. Some have because of their history. But many of us who are first generation Christians are still working out how to step into the freedom. How to, how to release ourselves from concern about what others think and say. How to break free, but not be lawless. How do we do that? How do we explore the creativity of our own personality and reach for the stars and still be responsible with a big fun attached to it. Um, as I said before, when I got up on stage, I began to think about a guy that we used to have in a church way back in New Zealand. Uh, I think Caleb probably worked for him at one point. And uh, John Imhoff. Did you work for John? Uh, later. later. Before his company. Before his company. Yeah, okay, right. And then... What, what John, John Imhoff, he was basically, he got saved out of being a surfie from Hawaii. He was just a world traveler. We always ended up in Queenstown, tourist town, the last place that you end up on earth. Basically, when your backpack is just about worn out, you end up in Queenstown, looking for work, looking for something to do, basically looking for a meaning for your life. We had a, a bunch of... Interestingly enough, people about the same age as Martin and Joanna, who were um, who were a terror to the unsaved backpacker, <laughs> right? And and what they would do is they had to, they would go for a drive, what they called the born again mile. I'm not kidding you. This is what they did. And they'd say, oh, we're just going to drive in town, see if there's any, any hitchhikers there. We'll pick them up and take them into town because town was like a 5K run from Frankton into the city. And they'd pick them up either at the Arrowtown corner, which was just about 15Ks, maybe something like that out, out of town. And they would take them all the way. And as they took them all the way into Queenstown, free taxi ride before Uber even existed, they would take him all the way in and they would talk their ears off about the things of God. <laughs> Inviting them to church, plying them with free cookies and a sandwich or something. John was one of those guys. He got saved and started up a business, river surfing. And he called his business Serious Fun. And I think the church needs to get into that business. Some serious fun. 
seeing the kingdom of God overpower the kingdom of darkness for fun. To break through with mental health challenges and release people into the joy of the Lord, just for fun. To see people and families prosper and grow under the blessing of God, just for fun. Just because to know God is to know freedom. To walk in the favor of God without the religious hang-ups. Just for fun. How about helping people get saved so that they can start having fun and do life and life in its fullness? That'd be cool. But the challenge that we've got is how do we ground ourselves in that setting? How do you locate yourself in the presence of God? Do you have to close everything out of your life, turn all your screens off, go away to the mountains? Sometimes I have to do that. I have just have to get out of the noise of all of the world. My mum, she used to go into the garden, her garden. We cleaned it up when we were getting our house ready for sale. 116 roses. Just a warning. If somebody says they've got heritage roses, wear gloves when you're pruning them. They're poisonous. <laughs> What's poisonous in your world that looks beautiful? Where do you go to escape? Do you put a headset on and just have the noise so loud that you stop thinking? Because if you do, can I just suggest to you that's not the true you. All that you're doing is you're shifting one distraction to another distraction. I want to challenge you, and I've got just a couple of minutes I want to do it, then I'm going to pray for some people, but... There is something that we need to get a hold of here. There is a manifestation of God's glory that he wants you to have. And he wants to bypass your arguments. He wants to bypass the scenarios in your heart that says you do not deserve it. You never did. You can't do enough to earn it. He just wants to visit the true you. The you he made you to be. And quicken it. Quicken it. So that instead of uncertainty, there will be this sense of courage in your spirit. There'll be a rest inside of your heart, so much so that you could entertain the arguments against what you're doing without feeling frustrated, without feeling put down, because that's been your experience in the past, without feeling as though you're defensive, because that's been your experience in the past. In other words, you would feel true to him and true to yourself, because you're located in your destiny in God. You feel the grace of God on your life. I can see some of the grace is 
moving on some of you guys' lives, but I can see also the argument of the enemy frustrating your mind, wrestling with you. You know, um, in society at the moment, there is such a spirit of division. It's, sort of, it's the divide and conquer strategy. We want you to, you're either this or that. You're confused about this or that. You're, you're, the, the people that are presenting the loudest noises are trying to persuade you a little bit too much. They're working very hard to persuade you concerning some sense of normality about who they are and why you should feel bad about that that it's got to be ungodly. It just tries too hard. It just is not normal. So when you step into the presence of God, guess what you find? Clarity of mind. Peace with God. In fact, a manifestation of the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace and joy. So if you're in the kingdom of God, you should be experiencing right standing with God, personal peace, and a little bit of happy. Joy. In spite of any circumstances. So question. How are you feeling? Righteous? Not self-righteous, right with God. Are you feeling right with God? Peaceful. Not worried about the car breaking down. Mortgage being unpaid. Retirement as you're getting older. Health problems. No, you've got peace. If you've got peace... You've got clarity of mind to see solutions that God's got for your situation. Without that, guess what? You, you just respond to the, the fear and the anxiety and the narrative of other people. With it, there's this, 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 I don't know, there is this little smile on the inside that said, God's got this. How many people got a little smile on the inside? God's got this. You? Have you got that? So let me help you in the next 10 minutes locate yourself in this, this place that Psalms 1 described as he should be like a tree planted by rivers of water who bringeth forth his fruit in its season and his leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he does, turn to somebody and say, whatsoever, shall prosper. Whatever you do, it's going to work out good. Whatever you do, you don't seem excited about that. You think like, oh, that's too much. That's too much permission giving. Give me seven rules about something. <laughs> Five principles about 12 rules of, you know, Jordan Peterson, how to succeed in life, you know.
whatsoever he does will prosper. Why? Because he's located in the right place. Um, Favourite scripture of mine, it's actually found in the Bible, which is great. Agrees with my thinking. John chapter 16. I had this sort of little insight. Let me share with you. I, I just had this little insight um, during the beginning of the year. I had been in, uh, this has been a, a really challenging year for me. Don't let anybody tell you that it gets easier as you get older. What a load of... <laughs> You're still wrestling with the eternal. Turn to somebody and just say, this growing up is like forever. It just feels like, man. So God is really gracious to us and kind to us. And I was reading through John chapter 14, you know, where it says, I shall not leave you as orphan, but I will come to you. And, and the, the guys that have preached that in the past, well, the, the generation that I grew up was when he, the comforter, comes. Right? When he, the comforter, comes. Um, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside. Actually, the New King James says it this way, when he, the spirit of truth, I will send you the spirit of truth. Do you feel comforted by somebody telling you the truth? How many pieces of chocolate have you had? I had two. No, you did not. You're a liar. <laughs> when I will give you the spirit of truth. Did you have dessert today? <laughs> no, my husband ordered dessert. Yeah, but did you have half of his dessert? Were you speeding? The car got away on me. (laughs) John goes on to say in John 16, listen to what it says. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears he's going to speak he's hearing from Jesus concerning you the great thing about hearing from God is God knows the age you are he knows the circumstances you're in he knows the context of your life he knows your maturity and he speaks to us in the context of our life he doesn't speak like our parents remember You're five years old. You should be able to pick up your own underwear by now. You should be able to feed yourself. There's no moralizing with God. He speaks completely into the context of where you're at, what you can receive, and how you can make progress with that. He understands your very nature, which is awesome to me. Because when you're a bit thick, it really helps that God doesn't expect you to be a rocket scientist. (laughs) Got it? 
Right? You don't have to be that. After all, the reality is, as you can see, I'm a male. I've never been confused about that. I've been one all of my life, as far as I'm aware. If God wants to say something more detailed to me, he tells my wife. I just get the blunk, you know, the upfront and personal. So, what's that got to do with anything? Well, the spirit of truth is not just the comforter. He is actually the aligner of your heart with the kingdom of God. So when you receive the Holy Spirit, there is the love of God included in the voice of God. He loves you into obedience, no doubt about it. But he, he elevates you into maturity. He quickens you. And he does it by supplying grace to you so that you can implement what he has asked you to do. I had this amazing experience some years ago. I was up, I was away. I, I, I do this, you know, quite, you know, once every three months or so. I just need to get away and spend some time with God. I feel like he pulls me aside and I have to process stuff in his presence. And I was sitting down outside of my little camp that I'd organized. And, and when I was sitting there, God said to me, into my spirit, just completely out of the blue, let it go. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you talking about? I'm just, I'm not, I'm sitting down. I'm not hanging on to anything. He said, let it go. And I'm, I'm having this, this, this heart interaction with the Spirit of God. And he says, let it go. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, let what go? Pace to ask questions, find out things. And he said, let your father go. My natural dad. I knew he was talking about my natural dad, not my heavenly father. Let my natural dad go. He said to me this. This is what he said to me. He said, you only observed what your natural father was doing. He never taught you. And I, I had a frame of reference for this conversation. You know, he, he knows us Intimately. And my dad, because I come from a family of nine kids, nine. That meant that, that dinner time at our place was, if somebody said, you know, they didn't have to get to the dinner part of the message because you knew if that was at the R end of the word, most of it was gone. You read about, uh, you know, Moses taking the children of Israel where they had the plague of locusts. Our family, dinner time. <laughs> Nothing left. And so we were there quick. But great provider. My dad looked after us. He did the best that he could with what he had. But with that many children, he didn't engage in the education, empowering education of his children. He didn't walk with us through to maturity. He was just dealing with his basic... He wasn't saved. He had no emotional capacity for dealing with that stuff. That was that generation. And our experience anyway. And so when the Heavenly Father, the God, 
of my soul, my saviour, says to me, let it go, all of a sudden there's this stuff welled up from the inside of me that I never even knew was there. And man, this was only three years ago. There is stuff that God wants to tell you that you're not ready to hear yet. It takes time in his presence for he can know that you're not going to take it as rejection or failure or any other thing. He needs you to know that he loves you, 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 so you can hear what he wants to say to you. Otherwise, you're going to hear it with the wrong head. You're going to feel like I felt as a kid failing my father. He says, you're not failing me. But I want you to transition out of learning from observation to learning by me showing you what to do. Wow, I'm engaging you in a conversation and leading you into a growth process. Which is flipping good news when you're over your 60s. Because most other congregation members think you're an old fart. And why don't you move out of the way? Because <laughs> I can't. My legs won't let me. <laughs> Sorry, joke. <laughs> so he said, I will guide you with my eye and teach you my ways. Beautiful. I'll guide you. In other words, I'm going to show you what I want you to see so that you can enter into it. Why do we find ourselves in this situation in the body of Christ where we need chapel, worship, presence, and prayer? Worship, presence, and prayer so that he can renew you in the spirit of your mind. So that the world can't torment you as God is empowering you. It's an amazing freedom. And he's not driving you and it's no striving involved and you're free from all of your pressures. And you feel like an adult having an adult conversation with uh, God who loves you for your faithfulness so far. It's absolutely brilliant. So how does that translate in today's world into our life? Well, I could say, let's, we need to pray more and everybody would turn to each other and say, yeah, we do. Come on, you can turn to each other and say, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. I just don't know how to fit it in with all the other pressures and stresses and everything like that. How do I fit that in? I live with a sense of I want to spend more time in the presence of God. Oh, hang on. What about if I just said now I'm in the presence of God? What if I just stopped going and just started being in the presence of God? Now, whatever I'm doing, when I'm reading the kids their bedtime story, I'm in the presence of God. When I'm at work with a workmate, I'm in the presence of God. 
to deal with that, we've got to deal with the thought processes, the stuff that's between your ears. We used to have friends at high school that look in your ears and say, there's nothing in there. <laughs> I don't know. Have you heard, have it, what, have you, what have people told you? What, what, what have they said about what's in? He's got nothing between his ears, that boy. It's not true, of course. It's just that what is between your ears is under assault from all of the voices that are demanding that you should take notice of them. So the key here is learning how to meditate biblically. Slow down your thinking, connecting it to your relationship with God so that you're thinking with a renewed mind. You're thinking under the affirmation of the spirit of truth. He's affirming it. Yeah, that's right. That's good. That's helpful. Slowing it down. How many people journal? How many people wish they had the discipline to journal? Journaling is you slowing your thought life down to a place where you're taking note about what you're thinking. That's pretty much all it is. If you do it, what you'll do is you'll start to connect with the river of life that is running through your spirit. And all of a sudden you'll start to behave more wisely. Did you know that? That wisdom is evidence of your relationship with your heavenly father. Let me give you three scriptures that will help you in this regard. Number one, Ephesians chapter one. In Ephesians chapter 1, when you think about the meditation, he's going to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus so that you can apply your heart to hope. First scripture. By applying your heart to hope, you're going to discover what is the hope of your calling, not only that, that sense of destiny that lies hidden inside of who you are as a person, but then you're going to also access the power of God, which is mighty in us who believe. You're going to find a release of God's spirit of faith that will help you transition through the challenges and doubts that have blocked you so far. Second scripture, Romans chapter 8 The mind set on the flesh or the carnal mind is death. But the mind set on the spirit, on spiritual things, is life and peace. Question, is your mind predisposed towards discouragement, disappointment, self-doubt, fear? Or is your mind predisposed towards life and peace? Do you believe the best of people? Do you believe good things about the... Do you look at things and see solutions or do you look at things and see problems? If your mind is focused just on this world, you're going to see problems and it's going to end up in discouragement. 
But if you see Jesus in the midst of it, you're going to think like, he's going to show you the way through this. He's going to lead you across no man's land into victory. And you'll win. Come on, tell somebody, you'll win. You win this. And the reason that you win it is not because you're smarter than anybody else. It's because you've hooked yourself to the spirit of resurrection life. And it wins, even over death. Third. You wouldn't believe this is actually in notes for would you? 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Meditation helps you discern what is spiritual warfare against you and what is the leading of the Lord into your destiny. That's meditation. What is meditation? It's chewing over the promises. Let's make it as simple, absolutely simple. Take the last thing that Jesus said to you that resonated with your heart and think about it for more than five minutes. Go on. It could be a song that you're singing. And all that does, that song, you find yourself running through your consciousness and as it runs through your consciousness, all of a sudden you're meditating on it and you're thinking about it. Agree with that. Just say, Amen. Right, Joe? Amen. Amen. Spring up, oh well. Amen. So out of that scenario, all of a sudden you've started to meditate. Oh, you do meditate, by the way. You are meditating. The question is, what are you meditating on? Worry? Frustration? Fear? Uncertainty? What are you meditating on? Bad self-image? I hate myself. I don't like how I am. I don't know what's happening. Blah, 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 blah. I feel impossible. Well, that's meditation. You're just reciting the problem and not facing the freedom that God's got for you. So, let's shift it a little bit. Um, I want to pray for it. I know all you guys, and some of you guys will be here tonight. So, the ones that aren't miss out. But I want to pray for this lady in the mint. Is it mint? Yes. Can I pray for you? Is that your husband with you or just your young boy that you brought along? (laughs) (laughs) Both. (laughs) The reason I wanted to pray for you is because you're carrying this anxiety over your mind. It, It literally, you've got an intelligent mind. Let's just be clear right? You've got a sharp, intelligent mind, but it feels like the creativity of your mind is being blocked by the anxiety of certain relationship situations or other stresses that you're wrestling with. And what it's doing is it's robbing you of having joy. There's more joy that God wants to pour into your life. There's joy related to you feeling good about you, Right, Because sometimes you feel as though he's not taking me seriously. He's not seeing what I'm wrestling with. and Because he's sort of super positive about everything. And you think like, oh, well, it, it's not that good. It's actually worse than that. And so, But it's not. It depends on your meditation. There's uh, 
quite a download of beautiful art and creativity into your life and you get disappointed when you don't get to spend time amongst that environment. And I would pray for you that you enjoy the presence of God in the creative environment, that you literally feel the release and the permission of God because you've found yourself experiencing work and anxiety and difficulty that it's almost tried to clog up the creative you, but you're happiest when you're creative. So Lord, bless her in that creative space. Thank you, Lord. I could just see the Lord giving you words of wisdom. Uh, it's It's a natural flow in your personality, but recognize that it is a word of wisdom from the Lord. And you need to just say, thank you, Lord, for that word of wisdom, because he wants to release with you the ability to implement the word of wisdom when you acknowledge that it comes from him. So what you're doing is you're getting the flat pack as if it's coming from Ikea, but you're not opening it up properly. So if you open it up a little bit more, it just gives you that confidence because there's a lot of good things that the Lord wants to release through your life. Some good deals, some good connections. It's almost like a, a level of personal prosperity that the Lord wants to increase over your life for the benefit of yourself, your family and others. That'll be good. Amen. Okay, champ, come here. Check shirt at the back. Check shirt. Yeah, is that your wife? You've got your arms around or just do that for anybody? <laughs> is that your wife too? Come here. Thank you, Jesus. That's all right. It's like the girls. See, what they do is they slip their shoes off, relax. They get into the presence of God, have a bit of peace. When they get home, yeah, when they get home, then they have to work. (laughs) Not really. No, work. No way. Okay, so uh, I see God doing a complete uh, transformation in your life. Uh, You felt um, caged is the best way that I would describe it, caged. And in that caging process, you haven't known which way is the door out. But I see Jesus lifting the lid off the cage. And when you look up, you start to grow in confidence. You start to grow in wisdom. You start to grow in strength. You feel the the power of God starting to come. But then you're like Peter. You start to doubt, oh, can I literally walk in this? And yes, you can. I want you to say to yourself, yes, I can. I can walk in my relationship with Jesus. The biggest challenge for you is letting go of the ground that you used to live your life from so that the Lord can renew you in your mind. Somebody's told you you are not very clever. That is a lie. That's a complete lie because you can receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. It's not based on whether you did well at school or not. It's based on whose kid you are. And God's a smart God. And you're one of his kids. There's no dummies in God's kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on his life, Lord. And begin to activate them. Uh, You've had seasons in your past where you've been your own worst enemy. 
because you got so frustrated, you started to beat up on yourself. But I see the Lord saying, I'm taking that out of your life. I'm taking it away from how you're going to live in the future. You're going to be more peaceful. You're going to be more confident. And you're going to see wealth and health increase in your life. You're going to be a blessing to this girl here. You're going to be, uh, she's lived uh, uh, somewhat fearfully about what the future would look like. But God's going to repair that fear and it's going to become, you're going to have probably four or five years of just, just reasonable, steady growth in your life. And you're going to start to believe that God can turn everything and make it work out for good. But beyond all that, you're going to believe that you can actually receive the love of a heavenly father for his daughter and experience an internal life transformation. Bless her, Lord. Bless them, Father. And strengthen them. Let them have some fun as a married couple. Let them be on the journey of growth and development together. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That's sort of cool. Um, This young couple here. Yes, you, sir, and your wife. Anybody that's um, able to walk is young. This is amazing. Okay, so I can see the teaching gift on you, and and you, you like to to talk with and, and encourage people and uh, you're a great gatherer of people you like to have people and that uh, but sometimes you you get a little bit um, disappointed because you haven't just got the words to allow people to release people you find yourself sort of uh, wanting to help them by adjusting them but they're not ready to receive the adjustment okay that's okay. That's a, that, that's a grace from God. What, what that is, is actually an undeveloped gift of discernment. And I would suggest to you that God is going to pour out a great experience of the grace of God into your life. And in that grace, he's going to help you see the people that absolutely need your encouragement through his eyes. And all of a sudden, you're going to think like, instead of mothering them you're going to empower them there's less strain in that there's less stress for you and there's more fruit for them and I'm watching the Lord just visit you because he speaks to you quite lovely in the scriptures he he speaks to you from Psalms he speaks to you from the wisdom of God's word and uh He's just going to take those negative experiences out of his sight. It's like you've got things that have hurt you in the past that sort of created a little bit of protection around your life. I see God taking those away. And uh, this big fella here, he's going to receive the benefit of that because, you know, he's a man. Let's face it, you know, we muck up. You know, that's what we do. We started with mud and (laughs) we haven't moved on very far, some of us. But there is a wisdom about your life that you have been reluctant or reticent in engaging in sharing with others. And I would really pray that you begin to prepare 
and get a load of this, guys. All of you guys, prepare to be used as fathers in the body of Christ. There's a whole bunch of kids coming into the house of the Lord. They're going to need your wisdom and your grace to accommodate them. Doesn't mean to say they're living with you. Doesn't mean to say they're bringing all of their trash into your house. But it will require your wisdom and grace to guide and encourage them. So just because you've got a couple of years under your belt does not give you permission to live for yourselves. There's much more fruitfulness in living for the purposes of God. There's a greater revelation for you to have. There's some prayers in your spirit that are literally opening the heart of God towards the people you're praying for. I want to encourage you to do that. Now, often we as men, we pray differently. We go out for a walk and we pray when we're doing something else, fixing the car or fiddling around, we're praying then. Girls think, oh, we need to pray. They want the intimacy. They want to sit down and have the hold hands and pray to Jesus but sometimes we're like Isaac we walk in the night meditating over what God's doing what God's saying and we begin to pray out of that so I want to bless you in the name of Jesus there is an element of your life of service that has gone unrewarded in terms of mankind but God has not lost sight of it There is a restoration, a blessing coming to your life. Don't get too discouraged. Don't let the enemy rob you of your reward. Amen? There is a reward. So just thank you, Lord, it was an offering to you. Let him be your justifier. Amen. Um, Superman, can I pray for you? Okay, so... um, when I look at your life, I just see ideas here, ideas there, ideas. And all these, it's like, man, you've got these amazing. Well, just a question. Do you capture them or do you just have the ideas? Do you capture them? Because that's the foundation of your prayer life. Lifting up those ideas and saying, okay, Lord. Show me how this can work out. Show me how to unpack this idea. Now, you've been discouraged because you've shared ideas with other people sometimes in a workplace. Somebody's stolen that idea, run with that, and you didn't get any you know, honor for that idea at all. They got all the honor. And other times, other people have just said, oh, that's a load of rubbish, that's not going to work, blah, 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 and they've dismissed. And unfortunately, you've felt as though they're dismissing you by dismissing your idea. So my suggestion is you take what the Lord is giving you, you lift it up. And the reason I say this is for twofold. One is, is because often the Lord gives us amazing ideas to prosper us, right? The guy that came up with the little bread tag was a Christian. That little plastic shape for a bread tag. You know the, bread, the plastic thing? Christian. He's quite relaxed now about his wealth. Amazing how it works out. Another guy read the testimony of a man that God gave the design for the Olympic archery 
arrow, the bow. He also is relaxed and uh, not worrying about wealth now. God doesn't give us stuff just for the... He's got a plan for the unpacking of the prosperity of your life. Fruitfulness, he calls it. Father, I pray, help this brother to have a new meeting place with you, a new adventure in you, powerful day of, of joy. It's one or two things broken in your world that I see the Lord attending to. You've been reluctant to revisit them because there's too much pain involved, but I encourage you to sometime in the near future, one by one, lift them before the Lord. Let the Lord release you so that your future is more fruitful than your past. Listen, Jesus. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.